Hey everyone, welcome back to Write This Down with Dot Bone. We are so excited to be back. I am Dot's daughter, Kara, and every week we sit down together and we have a conversation about scripture or truths or whatever it is that God puts on her heart. This week we are starting a brand new series going through the book of James and we talk through what it looks like when our faith is tested or when we go through trials or temptations and what it actually looks like to have joy and suffering, which I know seems impossible these days. But listen in, join our conversation, and we are so glad that you're here. Hey, everyone. It's September, and we are back. I would love for you to grab your Bible, your pen, a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee. And I would like for you to write this down. James 1, verse 2. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Kara, today we're starting our new podcast back. I know. I'm excited. I am too. I hope that whoever is listening to us is sitting down with us, grabbing your Bible and you're looking at James 1. But if you're not, if you're running or if you're in the car or whatever you're doing at the moment, I really pray that that at some time today that you will just go back and get your Bible and turn to James 1. And Kara, I think if we just read uh, chapters one over and over again, God would be able to just show us some really special truths that Mm -hmm. maybe we have not seen before. Yeah, there's definitely a lot in James 1, that's for sure. It really is. But if you're listening to us and you would like to be a part of this discussion, I'd love for you to send us an email and kind of let us know what you're learning in James in chapter one. Um, you can do dot at cupofjoy.org or Kara at cupofjoy.org. Kara, couldn't they kind of add a little bit to our conversation? Yeah, for sure. I would say even social media because we post on dot Bowen and every now and then on Cup of Joy because Cup of Joy sponsors this podcast. But uh, dot Bowen on your Instagram and Facebook, we do post about the podcast every week. That'd be great. And if you have any questions and some some insights that God is showing you, we would love to know it because we really want to believe and feel that you are here with us and that together we can be really looking at God's Word and just discussing it. That's basically what we want to do. We're not going to get it into an academic feel of James because we just don't have the time. Well, I don't know that I have the knowledge either, so well, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is encouraging uh, to me and to everybody else that there's not an expectation of that, too. But it is true because there's so much in James. And, and you know, James is a very common name, and there have been Bible scholars that have actually tried to debate who really is the author of this letter. And I, mean, I would say James. Yeah, that there, since he <laughs> since he identifies himself as James, but the truth of the matter is that what we really believe and what Bible scholars have kind of landed on is that it is the half brother of Jesus, and we know that Jesus was you know born with Mary, so we know that Mary was probably James's mother, but you know we also know that there are other people that have been named James. But because of the timing of James when it was written, the Bible scholars have landed on the half-brother of Jesus. Now, I want to ask you, you've got a brother. How? What would Scott have to do to prove that he was the Messiah? 
<laughs> well, I mean, he is the favorite, so he still would have to do a lot to prove it to me. <laughs> well, basically, probably raise himself himself from the grave, and that's exactly well, what happened. Not even that, but if he predicted it and then did it. That would be, I think even if he, honestly, even if he raised himself to the grave, I'd be like, what, like, who's Houdini, where's the Houdini? You know, like I probably still wouldn't, but if he predicted it to the detail Hmm. of when, where, how, all of that kind of stuff, I probably would believe. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened to James because he did believe after the resurrection. And so he became a dear follower of Jesus. And as a matter of fact, in chapter one, he says he's a bond servant, a bond slave to Jesus. Now, that is one thing I would never say about my brother. Not to your brother. I was a bond servant to But him. you would. So, but you would if, I would, if he was. If it was, yes, 100%. If he was the Messiah and raised himself from the dead. And so James starts saying, consider it a great joy when you fall into trials and temptation And I don't know about you or whoever is listening to us, but what do you think about when when you read that? Consider it a great joy when you fall into trials and temptation. Consider it joy. I mean, I I will say I have two thoughts. One, I don't have joy when I'm facing trials or suffering of any kind. So one, I would there would be a temptation to honestly feel guilty, like, oh gosh, like I don't have joy, you know, when I face any kind of trial of any kind or suffering or pain. But then the other thought, you know, when we are, as we're recording this episode that airs on September 1st today, it's actually the week everything is happening with Afghanistan. We know we record this a couple weeks before it airs. And so it's interesting in light of that of persecution, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so it's like when I think of it and I hear that for my personal life, that's you know what I hear of, or what's what I think is, oh, like I don't know that I have joy facing suffering, or how can they even have right. joy? But then I look at or not look at, but when I think of what is happening over in Afghanistan right now over the last few days, you know, I don't want to diminish suffering that we have over in America. But at the same time, it's like, it just brings the whole a whole new light to the term persecution when we are seeing it in our world in today. It may not be in our backyard, but it is in our world today. And so- It's definitely on our TV and we're seeing it. Mm. Well, the good news is this. That's exactly what that verse is talking about. Zodiades that I was telling you, that is the Greek scholar and his exposition to uh, James- He says that James, when it says, count it, all joy, the count it in the Greek is in the aorist tent. It is a verb. And what that really means is that it's the joy that follows a particular trial. So James is not saying that when you're in that middle of that trial, that you can just say, well, praise Jesus, I have got cancer, or praise Jesus, I'm going to be beheaded today. But what James is saying, when you get through this trial, you're going to have joy. And as you put it in the context of chapter one, when it says about your faith and looking back and and seeing who God is, 
you're going to see that really and truly, chapter one isn't just all about our trials and our temptations. Now, there are two things. There is trials and there are temptations. And James really does kind of divide the two. The trial is something that God allows us to go through to strengthen our faith, that will cause endurance, that will help us to to really trust Him. It is the testing of our faith. Now, the temptation is a different thing. The temptation, as James talks about, says we're carried away by our own lust. The temptation is when it is actually something that is causing us to be tempted and to be swayed into the point that we might be overcome with the temptation. So I love the fact as you're looking at chapter one, and Karen, whoever is listening with us, I want you to really take note when you go back and you look at chapter one, see that there is a difference between a trial and a temptation. But what I found it at the very beginning such comforting is that God was not expecting the Christian, the Jewish Christians, that God is not expecting you or me or the people in Afghanistan or whoever is facing persecution to experience the feeling of joy in the midst of that. There may be a lot of fear. There may be a lot of anxiety. But when you think about joy as the fruit of the Holy Spirit and that they have the Holy Spirit, that there is a joy not based on what we think about joy as, oh, I'm so happy today, but it is that confidence, it is that faith of being able to say, you know what, no matter what's going on in my life, I can trust God. It's more like a steadiness versus That's right. not a happiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Happiness, you know, comes and goes based on our happenings and what's our circumstances. What I think James is saying, and he's writing to the Christians, the Jewish Christians, and they too were being persecuted. And you know, Kara, we didn't talk about this before we started podcasting and recording, but I thought about the people in Afghanistan too. Uh, I've had notifications that's popped up on my phone that actually today, as we are recording this, that there, unless God intervenes, there will be a persecution that 300 or so Christians will be killed today. And Mm -hmm. as I think about what's going on in our country, in our world, and I turn into the the book of James, and it says, consider it all joy when you are faced with these fiery trials and temptation. I'm just in, in awe of how relevant those verses are for us right now. Well, and then almost, I like if I were sitting across from those who, you know, could potentially be beheaded today for being a believer um, in Afghanistan, like I don't think I could say to them, hey, like consider it pure joy with what you are about mm-hmm. to face. Like that would feel so like heartless, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I, the little bit that I have seen of other people who have um, direct conversations with believers over in Afghanistan right now, the one thing that I have noticed is the ones who are kind of reporting back, for lack of a better word, have said how much joy that they have, how much peace that they have, and thinking about what they are facing. Like, I don't even think that we would need to say to them, hey, consider it pure. I think they have it. You know, like, I think Mm -hmm. 
it's almost as if with the persecution, they are clinging so tightly to Jesus that that is what it is naturally producing. It is producing that joy. It's producing that steadiness and it steadfastness. Yeah, it's almost, and it's been not diminishing pain that I may be facing over here, but looking at it being like, okay, if they can have joy in their suffering, mm-hmm. why am I not having joy in my suffering? You know, what is the missing link that I'm not tapping into? Well, and this is one of the things as as James is talking, because he goes on down and he says, if any of you likes wisdom, he should ask who gives ask God who gives it generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. And let him ask in faith, not doubting. And what you're saying is that what you're hearing and what I'm hearing, if these people are seeking God and they are just steadfast, they're unshakable. And I believe that that's when God steps in the most. I believe I have experienced God's presence and His truth more in the dark moments, more of those times when I almost feel like He's gone, He's away. And as I cried out to God, it is as if God just immediately steps in and he may not change the circumstances, but that he just gives me this unshakable faith to just keep trusting him. Now, obviously, James is talking about a man or a person that is facing these trials that they may not have that faith. He says, if you're asking and you doubt in your heart, you can be wishy-washy. So it isn't automatically that when you go through these trials and temptations that you're going to have the faith that these people are that's facing their death. Matter of fact, they probably have more faith than you and I do here in America right now that's just trying to deal with uh, the pandemic or what's going on around here. We feel like we're really being persecuted. But what James is saying, and we don't want to miss this, is that we cannot doubt when we get... in these situations, so often, and you hear this all the time, if God is God, then why would he allow this to happen? If God is God, why would I be having so much trouble in times? And didn't Jesus say, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world because you're going to have tribulation. So I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, you're going to have it. And so as we're facing our days and stuff, Kara, I think that what we need to say, more so than concentrating on the trials and the temptation, is thinking about what James is saying. James is saying that Jesus is God and that we have got to have our faith in Him. And if we don't trust Him, that no matter what we're facing, we're being unstable in all of our ways. It says that for the doubter is like a surging sea driven, tossed by the wind. And it says that person, verse 7, it says that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because he's double-minded in all of his ways. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. I, We are human. Like, we are going to doubt. So how do we do that? How do we, you know, we can't will ourselves. Like, oh, I'm just going to pretend like I don't doubt or I'm not struggling or, you know, that whole, like, help me overcome my unbelief. You know, like those like how do how do we not doubt? How do we hold or carry our doubts faithfully? Well, as we're looking into chapter one in James, he says a couple of things. He's like, for one thing, he's like, you real, you need to remember who you are. He goes, 
you know, it's like you're like you can be like this person that looks in the mirror and you see something and then you walk away and you forget. And I think that one of the things that we have issues with is spiritual amnesia, that we have forgotten what God has done and how that God's been faithful. Now, maybe you feel like, well, God hasn't been that faithful on certain things. Or you're sitting there and you're like, I prayed and I've asked God to change my circumstances. I've asked God to keep me from certain uh, temptations and stuff. And God clearly says there's a temptation that's common to man, but God would provide a way of an escape. But as we face every day and we're having to hold on to God, we have to be reminded of who God is. And I think that one of the things that we put our emphasis on is trying to get out of the trial and trying to get out of the temptation. And we're not focusing on who God is. And as James was writing to this church that was about to be persecuted, he was saying, look, look in the mirror and know you are weak. You can be tempted. You can fall into that temptation. You can, because of the lust and the flesh of your own desires, just don't blame God for your falling into sin and, and uh, doing things that's disobedient. Don't blame God for that. That's something that you literally are dealing with. But I want you to remember that there is a God and that He is powerful and that God will allow you to go through these testings so that your faith will grow. And I think that if we concentrate more on the temptation and not on God, then that's where we have our doubts. I mean, you've said so many times before, it's, you know, what are you looking at? That's the direction you're going to go. You know, like if you are heading down 85 South, that's like what you're looking at, where you're going. You're not going to go North. You're not going to go to New York. And so I think if, yeah, if you're focusing on temptation, you know, I'm sure like those being persecuted overseas, like if, if they're looking at that persecutor, that, that I'm sure that that would cause more fear, but it's like they have to continually, and we have to continually keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on who he is, what he's done. Even if we don't, like you said, if we don't feel like he's really come through much in our lives, looking at his heart, you know, like he's good and he loves us if he's, you know, sent a son to die for us and, you know, all the those truths. And I, I'm sure I think I've mentioned this before on here, but I call them help me prayers. You know, it's help me to remember what you've done or help me to know who you are or, you know, like there, I don't, God doesn't shame us if we're doubting. He doesn't shame us if we're given into temptation or whatever it may be. It's just, there's a better way, which is him. Mm-hmm. And now I think that James in chapter one, he says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And I think that sometimes we are short-sighted. I think we just think about just getting through this issue. If I can just live through this, if I can just get through this, then okay, God, then, you know, I can you know, survive. I can make it. But living with an eternal perspective, living toward of God, how can you be most glorified in this trial? God, how can I best represent you? How can I show the world that you are God? And I think that 
There's a difference in trying to show the world that I'm strong or trying to show ourselves that we're strong versus showing the world that I have a God. You know, it's it's the same thing that's hap- happening in Daniel when, you know, they were going to be thrown into the fire, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He, they said, even if God doesn't come through, I will not bow. And I believe that God is desiring to allow us to go through this testing so that our faith will be strong, that we'd be able to face every single day. You know what? I don't care what goes on. I don't care what's going to happen because I have a God and my faith is so strong that even if I don't get out of this mess, I will see him face to face and I know in whom I have believed in. And this is something that I think we're missing. We're missing in the world today that we're just so short-sighted of how can I just make it through the day? How can I just make it through this situation or this trial versus God, how can this best glorify you? And so as we're looking at chapter one, and we didn't even get very much into it, I'll have to say, but this is something that I want you to go back and you're listening to us and wondering, I know it's easy to say on a podcast, have it all joy, but I want to encourage you. God doesn't say that your joy comes from your circumstances. He says that your joy comes from Him and your faith and that God wants you to be strong. And the only way that we know that God is faithful and that God is strong in us It's when we're having to draw upon Him. It's easy for you and I to say to the people that are facing their uh, execution, just have joy, just be strong. But when you're sitting there and you know that life isn't turning out the way you want it to do, when you're sitting there wanting your circumstances to change, and you feel like God has just abandoned you. I think what James is saying is this. Remember that the same God that may have led you into this trial to test your faith is the same God that will give you the faith to get through it. It is a powerful thought that there is a God in heaven that wants and cares enough that he wants to show us through hard times that he is God. Remember, James did not believe in Jesus until he saw the resurrection. And I think our faith is stronger when we see God allows us to stand when we know that there is nothing in us is keeping us from falling on our face. And I think that's what really and truly chapter one is all about. So today, as as we close, I really, Kara, I just pray that God would just give you the faith to continue to trust Him no matter what, and that God will continue to give me the faith. Because I can tell you, turning on the news, I feel like God is so far away. But he is sovereign, and he's the king of kings. And if we just look past what we're going through today, 
and look to the cross, we can know that we are not forsaken. And the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, changed the heart of his brother to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe that that same power of him working in our lives is his way to say, hey, look at me. I am God. I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Bowen.